Welcome to Smart Cleaning School. Are you ready to reshape your mindset and grow your cleaning business? Step into today's class with your guide, Ken Carfagno, so you can win for your family. Welcome back to the Smart Cleaning School podcast, helping visionaries make the impact that they were meant to make. Today, I want to share a best of episode, which is one of the first 10 from the original Solo Cleaning School and one of my most downloaded podcast episodes to date. I have personally heard several stories how this episode, along with a few others, helped someone start a solo cleaning business as a side hustle. I can't tell you how exciting that makes me. I wanted to make one update to this episode based on where I am in my personal business in 2022. If you followed this show at all in 2021, you'd know that I made the decision after 15 years of solo cleaning to scale my business. In fact, if you'd like to learn how to scale your cleaning business, you can start at episode one and you can follow this podcast and watch me do it. Now let's bring in this best of episode, how to start a solo cleaning business. Welcome back to Solo Cleaning School. I'm so excited to bring you this episode, how to start your solo cleaning business. But before we do, let's go into the funny papers. This is a story that I have not shared publicly except to a few friends. It is called Get On Your Knees, and I will not steal the punchline or how it unfolded. So let us jump into this story. Some stories you just have to experience to believe that they actually happened. This is definitely one of those stories. So I'm at a favorite client's house of mine. This family used to be home every time I'd visit, but now they're traveling the country and in the husband's new role as a consultant. And so I clean an empty house, a big house, 3,000 square feet, very nice, suburbia, three-car garage. I would park my vehicle just outside the garage on the driveway, and I would go and grab the key from the front because they would leave it in a little dish for me. And then I would go open the back door with the key, go into the garage, open the back door with the key, type in the combo on the padlock in the kitchen to turn the alarm off, and then I would commence my cleaning. So normally I would bring all my gear in and do that process. Well, on this one particular visit, I did not get all my gear in. I forgot a few things, but I got most of my stuff in. Obviously, I got the key from the front porch. I walked around the back. I let myself in, opened up the back kitchen door, turned off the alarm, and started to work. Realized I forgot some paper towels, a filter bag for my vacuum, a couple of cleaning supplies I forgot. So I wanted to go back outside to grab the pieces that I needed to clean the house. And so if you can imagine this large kitchen with an eat-in, and then there's a side door that goes into the garage, and the family uses this door. You know, they would park in the garage. In most households, they don't use their front door, let's be honest. They use their side door. And this side door opened up into the garage, which was the main entrance in and out of the house for the family, and it's the one that I used. When I opened that door, I walked down those steps. As I'm walking down, I pressed the button on the garage door and the door started to open 
feet. So I was walking down the steps, across the concrete. I looked out the side windows. I noticed there was a squad car sitting in the driveway. I'm thinking, well, that's interesting. What's the cop doing there? So my first thought goes to, oh, well, gee, you know what? I've had half a dozen times where maybe I tripped an alarm or I forgot something and I opened up a door that was not triggered to, there's all different ways that you can trip alarms. And the cops would come and they would show up and they would ask me for ID and make sure that, you know, I was supposed to be there. And I've been through this before. So my first thought was, oh, look, a squad car. I must have tripped something. Oh, who knows? I didn't realize where the cops were and I didn't know the background of what was going on. So I'll just take you from my angle. And so I proceeded to walk. And this is like in like the matrix slow motion. Like here's the garage door opening. Here's my footsteps. Clunk, clunk, clunk. I see the squad car. I get closer to the garage. The garage door is opening. I'm about 10 feet away. I see a pair of black boots at the bottom of this garage door. It keeps going up. And then that reveals a pair of gray pants with a blue stripe on the side. I recognize that immediately as, oh, that's a policeman, I suppose. So I walked closer to the door. The door gets to waist level. I see his bottom and And I see the sidearm being pulled up. At the moment that I see that, the nice man in blue says, Get on your knees! I'm like, Yeah, yes, sir! Oh, yes, sir! And I got down on my knees as quick as I could. Knees hit the pavement. Ouch! The door keeps going up. Revealing the rest of the cop and the patrolman that was with him, his partner, both of them, guns pointing at the cleaner in the garage. Why? I don't know what I did wrong. Did I not flush the toilet last time I was there? I don't know. What did I do wrong? But I just was on my knees waiting for my instructions. He says, what are you doing here? I said, I'm, I'm just the cleaner, sir. <laughs> he looks at me. He sees I have a cleaning shirt on. He says, is that your vehicle? I said, yes, sir. He says, don't move. He sends the partner over. Hey, go check out his car. He goes over, looks at the car, and I hear back. Yup, here's a cleaner. I see a vacuum cleaner stuff in here. I see some other things. Unless he's got a really good ruse or he's a con man, I think he really is a cleaner. All right, let me see what you got in your pocket. I said, sir, all I have in here is my wallet, which doesn't have much money in it, and my keys. Here you go. He's like, do it slowly. I'm like being interrogated like I'm a criminal. This is crazy. Gun still pointed at me. Eventually, he lets off of the tension and he says, okay, you can stand up now. Looks like you're good. I need to see your license and your ID. I said, yes, sir. I got my wallet out, gave him my ID and he did a check. I just kind of stood there now. And at this point, the partner is running a full scale background check on me to make sure I am who I say I am. Of course, my name probably shows up as yes, cleaner, been background checked five times in the past year for tripping other alarms. <laughs> and so I finally talked to the officer who had, who had cooled down, gun back in holster. And now I'm kind of, you know, my heartbeat, which was fluttering like a butterfly only moments before, and I'm freaked out. You know, I just start joking around. I don't know where the jokes came from. I really don't know. Why did I think this was funny? I don't know. I guess I spent too much time alone cleaning houses to think, but I did think it was funny. And so here's what I asked him. I said, so um, officer, why did you point a gun at me? I'm just a cleaner. And he says, we had reason to believe that this house was being burglarized. I said, okay, sir, that makes sense. I can understand that, sir. 
why would you think that I was burglarizing the house? They said, we got a tip. Okay, what kind of tip did you get? They said, well, one of the neighbors had called and they saw suspicious activity. I said, suspicious activity? You mean like I was vacuuming and cleaning a bathroom? Was that suspicious to them? (laughs) He's like, all right, wise guy. (laughs) Like, I need to shut up sometimes. I really do. He said, no. They said that they saw an unidentified man go to the front of the house, looking all around, trying to break in. And then they saw him disappear to the back of the house, looking around, trying to break in. Then suddenly he wasn't in the back of the house or the front of the house. Somehow he was in the house with the lights on. So they immediately called the cops to report it. So of course I explained my situation. Let me explain this officer. I went to the front of the house because that's where the homeowner leaves the key for me. Then I went to the back of the house because that's where the door that the key works for unlocks. And then I went in the house to clean. So I am very sorry for any misunderstanding. May I go now? And he says, uh, let me just check a few more things out here, bucko. And I added the bucko. <laughs> and sure enough, after a few more moments, at this point, I'm kind of goofing around with the partner and, you know, asking if he's done this before, if he's ever, you know, pointed a gun at a cleaner or a roofer or a plumber. <laughs> of course, I'm just being a wise guy. And then I, I finally get let go. They take off. They write the report. I go back in to clean. I go back. I, I call the homeowners to let them know what happened. I said, Mr. Mrs. You know, so-and-so just want to let you know what happened. They are freaking out. They are not happy with the situation. And they go as far as to call the police station and to call the neighbor and to report everything and to let them know in the future that there is a gentleman that comes to our house once a month. He has this car. He cleans for us. He is not a burglar. (laughs) Crazy things happen. Crazy things. So I've never had a gun pointed on me in my days of growing up in the Philadelphia area, the Philadelphia suburbs, doing dumb things as a teenager. Never had a gun pulled on me until I was cleaning a house in suburbia. Let's just say that I hope this does not ever happen to you. And you can just laugh at my calamity. Okay, let's transition. How to start your solo cleaning business. This episode was inspired by a new friend of mine, Miss Whitney Bonds of TriedAndTrueMomJobs.com. Now, in the blog that she runs, it's very successful. Many moms are coming to her looking for ideas and solutions to how can we make some money from home to supplement the income or to make money because it's the only source of income we have. Or maybe they want something that's simple and flexible that they could do outside of the home, but still not have to sacrifice time with the kids and family things. And so Whitney has been thinking about having a cleaning expert speak with her, with the moms and write a blog for her. So she reached out to me and I'm very uh, grateful. I'm very grateful and thankful that her and I have connected and crossed paths. And so I thought what a great thing to do here would be to supplement her blog and put out a live podcast with essentially the answers to her questions. So I'm going to go through the eight questions that she asked me and let's just roll through these one by one. I think these are very helpful if you're a mom out there and you're considering this as a business for yourself, I recommend go back and listen to the pros and cons of solo cleaning. Those are two great episodes where you can really see what it's like to really do this work and really do this as a business. Go check out some of the interviews like the interview with Andrea McCoy and Kevin Lacombe and they share their story, their genesis story of how they started their companies and the success they have today. So this is a great supplement to all of that. I'm going to run through these eight points, and I hope that this is very informative and helpful as you sift through this as a potential and viable business for you. And if you're already in business as a solo cleaner, just listen along and find the areas that you think could be better and make some comments and let me know. Okay, here's the first question that Miss Whitney bought. 
Bonds asked me. She said, what are the steps to setting up your own cleaning business? Here was my answer. I listed this out in essentially several points. I wrote this though. It's important to first understand the various models available to you. There are many Aunt Sally cleaners out there. This is what I call them, Aunt Sally. You know, there's other nicknames. Some folks in the business call them, they're not professional cleaners. They are amateurs. Some people call them trunk slammers because they drive little cars and all their supplies are stuffed in their trunk. But these Aunt Sally's are these uninsured, unregistered, not businesses but essentially side jobs people do, they're not legal, usually because the homeowners don't realize that they're taking a great risk by hiring them. So we're going to dive into how to set up your cleaning business properly. All right. So step one, register your sole proprietorship with your local county or state agency as a DBA, doing business as. Depending on your state, this costs between $20 and $50. Now, if you're listening to this outside of the United States, there will be laws that are completely different from this that you must look into. This podcast is for U.S. specific. And quite honestly, even within the 50 states, every single state has its own set of laws. And you need to check these Second step, register your DBA for a federal EIN. This is free. Some may choose to set up as an S-Corp, an LLC, a C-Corp. That's all fine and dandy. That's all for tax and liability protection. Honestly, if you're starting out as a solo cleaner, unless you're building something huge, just start with a DBA. It's a sole proprietorship. When you do your taxes, you will do a Schedule C. You'll pay self-employment tax. It's fine. It's simple, and it's a great place to start, and it's legal. Step three, register your DBA to your local state sales tax office. You're going to need to get a sales tax ID. Now, not every state requires this. I'm in Pennsylvania. It's 6% sales tax. It's required across the board. I used to be in New York. Depending on the county, you had different percentages. I was in Albany County, Schenectady County. I was in Rensselaer County, Saratoga County, and they were 7 or 8% sales tax. If you live in New York City, it can go higher. And so other states, for instance, Texas, I believe, doesn't have sales tax required. There's a several that do not. So make sure you understand and really dig into that. If you can't find it online, then ask your CPA or ask your local accountant. They can give you the answer. The next step, purchase general liability insurance and do not be Aunt Sally anymore. You're going to need to get $2 million of aggregate coverage and $1 million of per occurrence. I'm not going to dig into the details of a policy. Essentially, what this is telling you is that you're protected for up to a million dollars if anything happens per occurrence. If something happens more than once, you get up to two million dollars for the course of a year. Two million dollars is industry standard and recommended, and it's assumed that that's how much coverage you have if you say you are insured. I recommend going to a reputable local broker. I have nothing against Allstate, State Farm, Geico, and all the different insurance companies. If you go into one of those offices, you are going to get quoted products from their company. If you go to State Farm, they're going to offer you State Farm products. I prefer and recommend that you go to a local broker and they have access to 15, 20 insurance carriers. You tell them what you're looking for and they go find you the best price. I recommend this for car insurance, for every kind of insurance. Going through a broker, and I learned this from Dave Ramsey. I think it's really smart to do it this way. You save a lot of money. Your annual policy, if you do it this way for $2 million per year, should run you between $400 and $800 per year. And you can do a deposit up front for under 200 bucks. So you can see this is not very expensive to get set up legally. You've got a DBA and a federal EIN, 
a state sales tax ID if you're required to pay that. Now you have insurance. I'm going to recommend the next step is you go to your bank or your credit union. You open up a business account through your DBA or through your corporation, depending on the type of business. But it's a business account. And you're going to want to run all of your expenses through that account and all of your income goes into that account. Stop mixing personal with business. And if you haven't started, don't ever mix personal with business. Have a business account from the beginning. Oh my goodness, it makes the paperwork and the tax filing and everything simpler if you just do it this way from the beginning. Next, get your basic supplies together. You can either bootstrap it if you've got cleaners and a vacuum you already have or like at your house. That's fine. You're not going to be fully stocked with every single thing you need like a one-year seasoned vet would be. Just kind of collect as you can. It's okay to bootstrap this. So overall, your cleaning system will be between $500 and $1,000. And if you bootstrap it and use your own equipment and supplies, obviously a couple hundred dollars. And if you go all in, maybe $1,000, but you can start to see it's not very expensive to start a cleaning business. What's after getting all that set up? Go clean. It's an awesome business. Start. Stop listening to this over and over. Take action. Go, 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 go clean. The second question, how do you decide how much you should charge? Do not charge by the hour. That is the most critical first decision. You need to choose a starting rate for houses or offices, depending on what you'd like to do, at a price reasonable to your experience. I'm going to suggest $100 to $125 per house as a beginner. No one in the industry is going to argue over that. That's pretty standard, and honestly, it's pretty low, but it's a great place to start. Once you begin cleaning these houses, track your time so you can calculate your hourly rates. Strive to get to at least $30 per hour to start. If you're not at $30, something is wrong. For instance, if you charge $120 and it takes you five hours, that's $24 per hour. It might sound good to you as a mom and maybe you've never made that much before, but there are going to be expenses. So that $24 will kind of dwindle down to 18, 19, 20, depending on how efficient you are. But let's not be below 30. It's not necessary. You can definitely get over $30. Trust me. Do this instead. Track your time. Get faster. Over time, that $120 house, you get it done in three hours. Now it's $40 per hour. Maybe it's a year later, you can get the same house at 150 instead of 120 At the same three hours, now you're at $50 an hour. So you can see how you can start to increase the amount of money you can earn. The next question, how much money do you need to start cleaning business? Well, I answered this already. If you add up those pieces individually, you're looking at around $1,000 to start up. If you go all in on the fanciest equipment and get a top-of-the-line vacuum cleaner and, and stock up your shelves cleaning supplies for a full year, you might go $2,000, but it's not a five dollars $10,000 startup unless you're buying into a franchise, which I do not recommend. Go start a DBA and get out there and clean. Build a reputation. You are going to get referrals. Everyone needs a cleaner. I love this business. It's so simple. Just like Kevin Lacombe said in the interview, it's not easy, but it's simple. Can this be done part-time and can it be lucrative? I love this question from Whitney. Here's my answer. Heck yeah. Does this answer your question? In my first solo cleaning business in upstate New York, I've already shared these numbers, so I'll just say briefly, I was making $55,000 profit working two days per week. If you add up all the hours I was working, it was around 20 hours per week-ish and over $1,000 per week in profit. That was really nice. So imagine this, moms. Is this lucrative part-time? Let's say you can only do 
three days a week between school for your kids. That's five to six hours. You can do two houses a day. If you do the math on this at $125 per house, you can easily get this added up to $500 to $600, $800 per week. It can be really lucrative three, four days a week. So yes, Whitney, you absolutely can make some great money. By the way, 90% of house cleaning owners are moms. I don't know how many of you listening to this do know that, but it's so true. Next question, how do you find clients or what are the best ways to get clients and retain them? Okay, this is a deep question. Let me answer it in some steps. I believe you start with generosity. You don't try and harpoon people like and you try and get them as they're walking by. That's not how we do business. I use the Go-Giver approach. The Go-Giver is a fantastic book, which I've already recommended by Bob Berg, and have the heart of generosity to give first, to build your network with a heart of service and giving, to go clean for people, sometimes in the beginning for free, just to get your name and your reputation. There are so many ways of doing this, but let me just give you the basics, that the concept. First step, identify your avatar. Who's your ideal client? Second step, figure out where they hang out. Third step, join that group and serve that group using the go-giver mindset. Fourth step, you can offer free discounted service. You can ask for reviews and recommendations in return and get your reputation built up. There's so many ways you can do this, but offer something. Offer to clean for these people when they are looking for a cleaner. The last step, if you want to go a different route and buy leads, invest in your website, SEO, other lead gen services, you can do that and you can invest $500 to $1,000 a month easily on Google ads, Facebook ads, SEO, Home Advisor, all of those things. You can easily drop that kind of money. I don't recommend it. You can do that down the road, but as a new person, you just have to reach out to the people you already know and figure out who you want to serve and it'll be much easier that way. Next question, do you have to set up any business requirements before getting started? Okay, this is so simple. This business is super, super simple, low barrier to entry. I have already overcomplicated this totally with getting started in my first list of like eight things, okay? Just go and clean. This is my answer to Whitney. I told her this and she'll write this in the blog, I'm sure. Go and clean, go make some money. That's the requirements. Go, 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 go make some money, go clean. Okay, next question. What supplies do you recommend to start with? Here's where I'm gonna go into a little bit more detail. I mentioned you can start off super simple and just bootstrap with your own stuff. Here's the basics of what you would need, okay? Here's what we'll start with. For a house cleaning business, you're going to need a vacuum cleaner and the attachments. A carpet piece that has a roller bar inside. You're going to need a flat brush attachment for hardwood and flat surfaces. You might want a crevice tool to get in corners and edges. You may want a cobweb tool that you can vacuum some cobwebs up or some ceiling fans. Those are attachments you can have, but those are the basics. You're going to need some microfiber cloths for cleaning and dusting. You're going to want a tote bin to put your bottles and sprays in there. So spray bottles, sponges and scouring pads, toilet brush, and the basic cleaning supplies. And those for me, and just keeping this simple, is you'd want an all-purpose cleaner, glass cleaner, a kitchen and degreaser, and finally a disinfectant. And you may want to throw a bleach in there. Those are useful in some shower mildew or in some of those white sinks. There's always a use for bleach. I try to keep chemical to a minimum because I do like having an eco-friendly tote. That's a personal decision for me. You can also start with, like I said, what you already have and then just kind of invest in different things for your cleaning system as you go along. There's a great system out there called speed cleaning. And in that system, you'd also want to have an apron where you can put your bottles and your trash bags and paper towels. And, and that's something else. Maybe you use paper towels instead of microfiber cloths. I personally use both. So you just have to find what works for you. 
So that's a basic list of what kind of products you want to start with. But what's this look like in a system? I'll just describe mine. I have a giant tote bag, so a duffel bag. I put my vacuum attachments, paper towels, my microfiber cloths, some bottles of my cleaning supplies as refills when I run out. And then I have a tote bin and my vacuum cleaner and a pull for my flathead mop. So these are the supplies I can walk in and out of a house with every time one trip. And my vacuum is a backpack vacuum. Well, I have kept this as simple as I can. The full blog to my answers for Whitney Bonds is going to be posted at triedandtruemomjobs.com. So I hope you do check that out. I'll make sure to post the link in the show notes. And just know this, it's a great business. It's a simple business. Don't overcomplicate this. Just do the basics. Get legit. Get the things set up that I recommend. Go get your supplies. Learn some very basic skills in marketing and go offer your services to other human beings and they will be very happy. Especially if you're a mom, go serve other moms. Listen to moms helping moms helping moms. Emily's and Alicia's are out there. Go find them and go serve them. In this original episode of How to Start a Solo Cleaning Business, I shared that it costs between $500 and $1,000 to get your basic supplies together. At the time, I was keeping it as basic as possible. Would you like to now see a list of the specific cleaning supplies and equipment that I personally recommend? I'll give you an example. I've used three products from the Amway Corporation for over 15 years. They are eco-friendly, water and coconut oil based, and the smell sells. (laughs) Believe it or not, that's actually a good thing. The kitchen cleaner smells like citrus, and the glass cleaner smells like melon. I have literally sold new house cleaning jobs and at least one office cleaning customer by letting them smell my cleaners during the estimate. Maybe that should be a funny papers edition like, hey, Mr. and Mrs. Customer, pull my finger (laughs) and you smell melon. (laughs) Anyway, so if you're looking for new cleaners or would like to see what other supplies and equipment I recommend, check out the Smart Cleaning School resources page. Have an amazing day. Thank you for listening to Smart Cleaning School. Class is dismissed.